How, how many of you enjoy good food? Let's start there. The rest of you are liars. We all enjoy good food. Amen? Yeah, as I was preparing, I was thinking about this. You know, we love good food, and, and, and I love a good buffet. I don't know if you remember. It was over, over here, actually. I spoke about uh, the buffet uh, from um, uh, Luke chapter 15, Feasting on Jesus. And, uh, you know, uh, I love a good buffet because when you go to a buffet where there's, there's many different types of food, you can eat as much as you like. And nowadays I don't eat a lot, but I just uh, uh, eat what I need, not for my greed. Amen. But at a buffet, <laughs> you can go for it. You can have what you want. There's different options and, and things like that. But you can choose what you want to eat and how much. Right? Now imagine you go to a buffet and you eat 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 and you eat. What's going to happen? And you just go the next day and you just eat. And you, you, you take your office, your computer with you and you put it there at the buffet. And now you're just going to keep eating while you're working and you're going to eat. There's a couple of things that are going to happen, right? <laughs> you know, before we look at what's going to happen, uh, 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 you've got to look at what is the purpose of the food. What is the purpose of food? Number one, I think the, the purpose of food is, is it's, it's not the most important purpose, but the purpose of food is fuel. Fuel, like you put in your car. Yeah, if you don't eat, what happens? You start to become weak. And when, when someone's in hospital, they often have to put an intravenous, a, 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 what do you call it, drip inside of them to feed them because they don't want to eat. And usually people who, who are sick and they want to die, they just stop eating because they know soon enough they're going to pass on. And um, uh, uh, so there's, there's the one aspect of food, but then food is also meant to be enjoyed, I believe. Yeah. Huh? How many of you like uh, when your food doesn't taste good? You don't like it. You know, the, the reason why those guys had, uh, abandoned German and, and uh, uh, French food was because the, 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 probably the flavor. And the, they enjoyed it much more. You know, when we, <laughs> I was in, a, um, in Europe last year in, in October, November, around about there. And uh, 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 when I was in Germany, uh, did I come before or after? I think before that. Yeah, before that. It, it was interesting. I went to, uh, a friend of mine is living there, and I went to the, um, the church which he goes to. And I, it's um, not the kind of church any of us would go to. <laughs> and uh, uh, I got to his Bible study, and he said, you know, go for it. These guys, the food that I was giving them, they've never heard this before. They were, they were shocked. I, 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 and I was just, then we went for dinner and I was talking, for real food, and I was talking about uh, 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 the different miracles and things that, that I've seen happen in, in, in ministry. And, and the guy's mouth was hanging open. He's like, does that stuff still happen? <laughs> and he was so excited, you know, he wanted me to pray for him straight away. He wanted me to minister to him. But uh, this friend of mine took me to a German restaurant and uh, uh, I said, you know, there's one thing I would love to have in Germany, and it's an ice bind. You know what an ice bind is? It's, a, it's like a pig's knuckle, or a, it, it's pork, but it's roasted, and it's nice and crispy on the outside, and it's, it's juicy. And uh, so we went there. It was horrible. <laughs> it was all rubbery, and it was cooked. They boiled it. They didn't roast it. So it wasn't pleasant. South Africa is much better German food. Um, <laughs> But the, the, the thing I want to, to point out is that the purpose of food is to be enjoyed, but more so it's to nourish you to live. When it comes to the, the Word of God, it's the same thing. You know, we, 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 we need to nourish ourselves, so we need to be feasting on good Word. And I know here, you have a buffet every week. 
You have a buffet on Wednesday, you have a buffet on Friday, you have a buffet on, on Sunday, and you get to feast on that, and it nourishes you. It nourishes you, but it's also something to be enjoyed. Sometimes food is good for you, but you don't want to eat it, and you need to endure it. <laughs> you don't just enjoy it, you're enduring the food, because it's sometimes I don't feel like eating. You know, my wife and I have this conversation often. She's like, have you eaten today, like lunch yet? And I'm like, no, I don't feel like eating today or like at lunchtime. She's like, you need fuel. <laughs> so then she'll make me eat something. And it's important because otherwise we, we get weaker. Or, or some of you will get hangry. You know what hangry is? It's when you're hungry, but you're angry. Because then you don't know why you're angry. You start being angry with people. So we call it hangry. Okay, that's usually what kids get like. They don't know why they're angry and why they, they your adults do it too. But the point is, is we need to eat well, okay? In the natural, if we don't, if we just eat, 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 what happens? You can become unhealthy. If you overindulge, you can get unhealthy. If, if there's no exercise or movement involved, if it's not fueling you towards something. You know, what can also happen if you just sit and eat all the time? You can become constipated, okay? You can become, in, in the spiritual aspect, what happens if we're just feasting on the Word and we're not allowing it to, to produce something in our lives? We become spiritually constipated. We become unhealthy. You end up with some health issues, spiritually speaking. <laughs> what happens if, if we just eat, eat, eat and we're not spiritually exercising what we learn? We become spiritual fat cats, what we call them. Okay? And so we, we're going to look a bit at this, but we need to eat well and we need to make sure that it's fueling us for a purpose. The eating is for a purpose. The purpose isn't just to, 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 to consume. We need to consume. And we need to make sure we're consuming the, the, the buffet. You can be sitting here and you can be thinking about lunchtime and you can be thinking about the week ahead and you can be planning your, your shopping list for the afternoon. You can be doing lots of things, but you might not be feasting. You know, if you're sitting here, you have the opportunity to feast. But are you feasting? Are you taking it? And then what are you doing with it when you leave here? Because that's the next important aspect. We need to be, what are we doing with the word that we're receiving? And a part of this unhealthiness is that we, we, we become increasingly self-centered. We increasingly become self-centered. We're focused on ourselves. You know, I, I believe the majority of you guys here are not here for self-centered reasons. Because I know that there's other churches that are maybe a bit more comfortable. They have better chairs. Maybe it's a, 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 some nice lighting. Or, or, you know, there's some things of comfort which, which can minister to our flesh, right? Maybe they, they give you some nice coffee. I don't know. Like all those type of things which don't, don't matter really in the end of the day. But they, they'll, they'll try and reach you like that and so you go for self-centered reasons. Why do you go to this church? Oh, just because I leave so encouraged. Why do you go to this church? Because the worship is so nice. Why do you go to that church? Because uh, 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 I like the, the pastor's haircuts. I don't know. It's like, but you go for any other reason, but you go for, you're not going because the word is nourishing you and producing fruits in your life. Amen? Yeah, my, uh, <laughs> my strength is gone now because I've cut my hair. I cut it last, I cut it last week. <laughs> I had uh, Benjamin, Pastor Benjamin Conway message me when he saw that I had had a haircut and he said, don't run off with the city gates. <laughs> anyway, 
The point is, 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 is uh, you know, when coming to church and it's just about you and your life, it leads to a wrong focus. And, and that focus, wrong focus is going to lead to a wrong harvest. So what are we focused on in, in coming together to church? You know, I was really encouraged because I was thinking about these things and this was on my heart for us this morning. And then I listened uh, to, to a bit. I can't keep up with Pastor Isaac and his teachings. But I was listening to a bit from last Sunday and I realized what, I, what, what God put on my heart fits perfectly. It fits perfectly. It fits perfectly. What are you doing with the word that you're receiving? It's more practical this morning in that sense. What are you doing with the word that you're receiving? Are you just coming because you, you, you're just wanting to improve your life? You're wanting to, to get more knowledge? I know a lot of people, they say, the reason why I'm listening to such, they're just consuming teaching. In the car, they're listening to teaching. When they're going for exercise, they're listening to teaching. When they're going to bed, they're listening to teaching. Their lives don't, don't look like that. But, but they, 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 there's this consuming. What happens if you just consume, 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 but there's no outlet? There's a problem. We consume for a purpose, and that purpose is the ministry, what God has called us to, life. So we've got to ask ourselves, why are we here? We've got to ask ourselves, why am I a Christian? We've got to ask ourselves, why am I, what am I living for? What am I living for? So, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I want to look at a little bit of a... The Christian life and I know that uh, uh, this might be you might be familiar with what I'm saying but when we approach the Word of God even if it's something that we've heard before many times we mustn't be familiar with it so that it doesn't impact us because God's got something for it in us amen otherwise if, the, if he didn't want this today then I wouldn't be here <laughs> I'd be sharing something else Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 we, uh, 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 and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Okay, so we know equipping or perfecting isn't about adding to us. It's not about adding to us. It's about bringing out to maturity what's in us. Okay, it's talking about how discipleship brings to the surface what's inside. It's learning to use those muscles that you've got. Okay? The work of the ministry is what? Go and make disciples. It's the call of, of Jesus. Let's go make disciples. Let's establish people in the truth of the word. And what is a disciple? A disciple is someone who's making disciples. It's not just, just someone who's hanging about. It's someone who's fruitful. So it's a believer stepping into maturity. Okay, because we're consuming and then we're taking what we've got and we're going and doing something with it. So we all come into the unity of the faith, to the, of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that henceforth we be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie, they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, they grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now you can get into a lot of depths of that. And all I'm wanting to point out, if you look over the whole, all of those verses, is really this, Ephesians 4 verse 13. Easy to read. Our goal is to become a full-grown man, to look just like Christ and have all his perfection. That's our aim. That's why we're here in church. That's why we consume the word. That's why we're we, we, in, a, in, in a, a family like this. 
It's, it's so that we can become full grown. Okay? Look at the smallest child in the room. How... You've heard me speak like this here before. But they are 100% human. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no improving on their humanity. There's no improving on their... Uh, 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 um, like they don't, we don't add on to their body as they grow older. They don't grow a new limb or grow a new whatever. They, what they develop, what's inside starts to, to, to become mature. And as we get older, we mature physically, right? It's the same thing with, with, within the spirit. You're born and you're perfect. Now you're not trying to, 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 perf you're not trying to um, uh, uh, become something new. You are something new. You're realizing that and then you're just starting to walk in it. So it's not like a baby Christian trying to become a bigger Christian. It's just a knowledge problem. It's something that we need to grow in. Okay? But the, the, the point with this is that maturity is the goal. Maturity is the goal. Uh, 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 maturity means you're no longer like a child. You need to have that childlike hunger and, 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 and a desire to learn and to grow, but you're not acting like a child, which is selfish. Children are selfish. I'm hungry and I'm hungry now. I want to eat now. <laughs> I need the toilet. I want to go now. And you have to change all your plans because the child is now tired now. The child, you know, the child, the baby, what? Is, he's hungry. He screams until you feed. Yeah. It, it, yeah, we got to grow up from that. And then we, what is maturity? Maturity looks like Jesus. Maturity is <clears throat> taking responsibility for yourself and then taking responsibility for other people. Maturity is taking responsibility for the call that we have as believers and being part of God's plan. Not saying, I am God's plan. And then we're sitting there and we're like, I am God's plan. God wants me well. God wants me blessed. God wants me to be happy in my life. God, you know, it's like the whole world needs to revolve around me. That's fine for a baby, but we need to grow them up to realize, yes, God loves you. Yeah, but for God so loved the world that He sent you. You know, yes, Jesus came for you. But now you've received Christ and for God so loved wherever you live and wherever, whoever you're, impact, you, you, you're coming into contact with, that He sent you. He sent you, not to die for them, but to take them the message of life so that they can receive it and then experience eternal life. Okay? Think about it. The aim of church is your maturity, not your entertainment. I've been to entertaining churches. The one, the one time it was, I went with some of our pastors and we went to this, uh, uh, we, were, we were going for this one meeting that I was ministering at in, in, in uh, America, but we were also going to, whilst we were there, we thought, let's go to this, this conference on, that they teach you about like church growth and things like that. And we were like, let's see what we can learn here, you know, what they're going to have to offer us. And um, so it was, you know, we got one or two interesting things about dealing with finances, not teaching finances, but managing them and things that, you know, you, you learn in school, really. And, uh, uh, and then on the Sunday, we decided, let's go to one of their services. This church has got, I think it's 17 locations in that area, uh, in the, 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 the state of Alabama. And uh, I don't know how many thousands of people go to the church. It's not a church I would attend. But we went and visited this church. And um, 
we stood there and then the worship came and the worship went and the message came the message went and we were all bored stiff <laughs> all, all, all of us were pastors and we were like this is this when does this leave we were like <laughs> i was watching like waiting please jesus let them finish let them finish like even the worship it was like a, a show you know it was just like Perfect show, lights, and the, they just on cue. They'd, they'd rehearsed it before we arrived. They rehearsed. They told us at the, the training. Their worship is rehearsed. The, the, the announcements is rehearsed so that they don't make any mistakes in the performance of church. <laughs> and I was like, that's not for me. That's not for me, you know. Um, I often say things I shouldn't say from the pulpit <laughs> because I didn't rehearse my, my script. But anyway. <clears throat> The, p- the point of church is not entertainment, but maturity. The aim of church is for us to become more like Jesus, to, 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 to demonstrate Him. We're like, in our spirits, yes, we're 100% like Jesus. But now we need to be expressing the fruits of the Spirit, expressing the power, the abilities of the Spirit, living like Jesus. Not just saying, I'm like Jesus, and the world looks at you and says, uh-uh. The little bit I know about Jesus, I know He's not like that. He doesn't lie. Why would Jesus, you say you're like Jesus, but you lied to me. You stole from me. You know, if we, if we want to be like Jesus, it's not just a spiritual matter. It's a matter of conduct. It's a matter of life. It's a matter of how we live. And thank God He's not judging us by, by how we live in this life. But the world is judging us. And we're here for the world to reach the world. You know, think about it. If, if, if when we receive Christ, if... If all that there was was living for heaven, if all, all that there was was your, it was your ticket to heaven to get saved, and God had no purpose for us here, the moment you said yes to Jesus, you'd be gone. You would, that's the best thing that God could do. So you don't make any more mistakes or anything like that. Just take you. Gone. You know? But that doesn't happen, does it? The moment we receive Christ, we're still here. <laughs> because there's a purpose for us being here. There's a purpose. Jesus was not self-centered. Think about it. He poured out his life for others. He lived to, 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 he was the source of life for others. So they came to receive life from him. You want to you wanna be like Jesus? Are people coming for life from you? Are people coming to you because you're a wellspring of life? Yeah, it, it's, got all, it's got a lot to do with what are you conscious of? What are you focused on? Because you can be focused on circumstances and the problems of this life and, 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 and all these type of things. The, the issues of life that we go through. You can be focused on that. And then every time we come into contact with people, what's going to come out is what we're focused on. And now we're going to talk to them about how difficult life is and how this problem and that problem. But if we're conscious of Christ in us, and if our awareness is of our spiritual realities, when we, then the more we, we're aware of that, when we come into contact with people, what's going to happen? We're going to overflow with spiritual matters. And that's what nourishes them. Not the, the talking about the economy and all of that kind of stuff. We need to focus on those things and talk about them, but that must not be our primary. Our primary is kingdom of God, not this kingdom. John chapter 14, verse 12. Verily, verily. John 14, 12. I say to you, he that believes on me will do the same works 
uh, uh, that I do in greater works than these because I go to my Father. Jesus is saying we can do what He did in greater. We can, we can live like Him. Think about it. Most circles that we are in, when we talk about that, we're thinking about heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. We're thinking about power, 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 fire. Amen? I don't know, Jesus, I didn't see that ever in the Bible. But, but that's what we're aware of. We're thinking, oh, I want to be like Jesus. And I've met so many people who are like, I want to see healings. I want to see miracles. I want to see this. And they don't love their wife. They don't love me even sometimes. <laughs> What's there not to love? You know, <laughs> you know they, 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 don't, they, they don't treat people with kindness. They're not patient in traffic. I don't like traffic, but I can be patient in traffic. You know, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is a description of Jesus. And it's a description of you because you've got Jesus in you. It's not something you're trying to accomplish or something you're trying to be like. It's who you are. But now live like it. Because otherwise you're a hypocrite. You're saying, this is what I'm like. I'm just like Jesus in my spirit. But in, in my carnality, I'm doing everything I want to do. But I'm just like Jesus. When God looks at me, He sees Jesus. And then you're, you're, you're doing all these things which are ungodly. There's a bit of a problem there, don't you think? It's important for us to know who we are in the Spirit, and to, but to live from that place in the Spirit. Because if we don't live from that place in the Spirit, what are we doing? We're playing some kind of mind game. We're not experiencing fruitfulness. Romans chapter 8, look at this verse. Romans chapter 8 verse 19. Romans 8 19. King James says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. The passion. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. I love this verse. Basically saying that creation, the world is waiting for us to show up. Because we've got something to give, we've got something to offer. God has put Himself inside of us, and he's, the world is waiting for us to realize it, and then let God out of us, manifest. But many Christians are manifesting the wrong thing. You know? And then they need deliverance and all sorts, because they're manifesting the wrong thing. <laughs> are you manifesting Jesus, is the question. That's what we should be manifesting. How do you manifest Jesus? Well, He's living inside of you. So you need to become aware of that. That's through sitting in good teaching and allowing good teaching to marinate us and settle in our hearts so that we can experience a fruitful life, so we can be fruitful in all things. We can, and the fruitfulness is Jesus. How Jesus would be in a situation. Romans chapter 8, verse 19, you know, the, the chapter starts with... Verse 1, which says, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And so often, yeah, uh, uh, it's an important truth for us to know that we're not condemned. That God is not holding anything against us. It's important. It's the foundation. But so many people live at verse 1, and they never get down to verse 19. 
Because, and, and then so many people try and start with verse 19. I'm, I need to manifest Jesus. I need to be like Jesus. But they still feel condemned. As long as you feel condemned, you've got a foundation which is missing, and you're not going to manifest Jesus. Then when you get into place in, 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 in a crisis, and people are needing you to pitch up, God to pitch up, God in you to pitch up, you're not going to be able to, as the occasion demands, deliver what's necessary. Because in your heart, in your subconscious, you're thinking, I'm condemned. I don't deserve to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I don't, God, can't, God wouldn't, I've disqualified myself. So you need to have the strong foundation of, I'm not condemned. But then you need to move on, build on from that. Don't live there. Live from there. Live from there and start to get into this place of, now I get to be like Jesus in everything I do. And so I can be the most encouraging person in, in, in the room. I can be a wellspring of life for people. That, that, that's what I'm wanting to talk about now. But you know, if you look at uh, Isaiah chapter 12, we might go through the whole chapter in a bit. I love that chapter. But Isaiah chapter 12 is, is, is speaking about salvation. <clears throat> By that laugh of uh, Pastor Isaac, I know you've gone there, so I might just shorten it, that section then. <laughs> but verse 3, and let's see if we go to the others, but verse 3, King James, Therefore, with joy, ye shall draw water out of the wells of salvation. Okay? With joy, you will draw water for, out of the wells of salvation. It's, we know that when we, when we see in the word most times, if not every time, but most times when it's speaking about water, it's talking about Holy Spirit. So, you know, one of the things that I've come to say now in, in, in our ministry and in our churches, and it's becoming one of those, uh, uh, what did you call them? Uh, 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 sayings that sticks, like a sticky saying. So it's like it's become part of our culture. Is to say there's no such thing as spirit-filled, unspirit-filled Christianity. You've heard of spirit-filled Christianity. We, 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 I, I'm, I'm trying to undo that now in our, our culture and say that there's no such thing as, as unspiritual Christianity. You're either a, a, a Christian who's full of the Spirit or you're an unbeliever who needs to be receiving Christ. <laughs> Someone, a Christian who seems to be without the Spirit, maybe just doesn't know what they've got. It's, it's, it's more of a knowledge problem. But anyway, fountains, wells, springs, streams. These streams of salvation are representing the life of Jesus. The life of Jesus. And it's speaking about how salvation would be a joy. Think about like the, the, a lot of the religious people that Jesus came into contact with in the Gospels. Think about that. One of the things that I often think about in their interactions is none of them seem very happy. <laughs> religious people are usually not very happy. You're thinking of someone, eh? <laughs> yeah, you are. That's why you're laughing. Because you, you're thinking of someone who's really just religious. They are devoted. They are committed. You know? N nobody here. Present company excluded. Amen? But everybody who didn't come as well. You know, those people are religious where they're just miserable. You know? Where, uh, um, 
Um, someone in our church told us of a, a, their, their grandmother, or their great-grandmother, I can't remember. And, she's, and he said to me, the, the, the old lady was in her 90s, and she sits in the corner of the room with her, in her, uh, her rocking chair. And she would read the Bible for hours. She'd read the Bible for three, four hours, and she'd just be in the Word, and then she'd put the Bible down, and she'd start like a snake. And she'd just start attacking everyone who moves in the room and just telling them. And he was like, I just don't understand how she could be spending so much time in the Word. And then she acts like the devil. And I said, I can tell you now, she was spending time in the Word, but she wasn't spending time with Jesus. The living Word. Because here's the thing. Many people go to seminary and university and Bible colleges and whatever, and they learn the Bible. They study the Bible, and they don't know Jesus. The Bible is not the end. The Bible is a means to an end. The Bible is important, but it's a bridge. We use the Bible to know God more. We use the Bible to know more about salvation. It leads us somewhere, but it's got to lead us to someone and to something. It leads us to understanding our salvation, and it leads us to a life of ministry, of fruitfulness. But the aim isn't to know all the Bible knowledge. I love asking uh, Bible college students, because I still speak in a couple of Bible colleges, and, and I love asking them, why, why did you come to Bible college? Number one answer, because I wanted to learn more about God in the Bible. And I was like, that's a good, it's a good reason, but it's, it's hopefully you grow out of that, <laughs> because you need to be equipped for a life of fruitfulness. That should be our aim. Not self-centered. You know, I, I, I'm just here, I'm not going to be in ministry. I'm just here because I want to learn more about God and grow in my relationship with Him, but I'm not here to minister. So, you know, they're, they're just here to, to consume, be to be blessed, but not to do anything. We, 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 we're all called to the ministry, and we've got to be equipped for it. So you could never spend time in the Word just because you want some interesting information or you want to learn more about this or that you know how often I would look at my notes in the past and I'd look at my notes and I'd be like this is really interesting information that I'm, I'm, I want to share with people but it's really not helpful it's helpful for me in my study but it's not helpful in a sense for anybody else this is interesting who wants to know about the book background to the book of Galatians and, and I spend 20 minutes talking about it. I can spend two minutes talking about it, and then it still means something to you in terms of what we're talking about. But it's not necessary to get into all of that if, unless it's helpful. So, Isaiah, we're going to keep your finger in, in uh, verse 12, or we'll go back there now. But it's talking about these, uh, this salvation that we have, Jesus' life in us. Now, I want to read a couple of verses which uh, correlate with that nicely. Isaiah 41 Verse 17 to 18, Isaiah 41 says, I, Yahweh, will respond to the cry of the poor and the needy when they are thirsty and their tongues are parched with thirst. When they seek a drink of water, but there is none, I, the God of Israel, will not abandon them. I will open up refreshing streams on the barren hills and springing fountains in the valleys. I will make the desert a pleasant pool and the dry land springs of water. This is talking about how God wants to refresh people with salvation through us, through you. He wants a fountain to come from you. The people are looking for, for God, 
Where do they look? They should look no further than you. Because you are the answer to their problem, to their condition, to their situation. Okay? <clears throat> Jeremiah 2, verse 13. For my people have done two evil things. They abandoned me, the fountain of, of, of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. Now, when I was reading this verse, I was thinking about it how so often in, 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 in church, we try and substitute the Holy Spirit with so many other things that are just like cracked vessels, they can't do much. So many people, you know what, a lot of church, I, I, I like what, um, what was it, Reinhard Bonker said this. He said, the less, uh, and we, 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 we would need to correct maybe how he said this, but what he said has some, got some merit. He said, the less Holy Spirit you have in a church, the more tea and cake you need. <laughs> and it's true. So what do we do? There's no power in operation. So now we're going to put up some nice lights and we're going to get a nice big band and we're going to hype it up so that the music is at least exciting because the Holy Spirit's not doing anything. We're not allowing Him to do anything. So now we've got to allow the, the worship team to, to spice it up for us. You know, that church that we went to, which I was waiting for it to finish in America, you know what they do sometimes? Just to spice it up. Because they don't allow the gifts of the Spirit in their church. So to spice it up, what they do, on a hot day, what they do is they say to the, the thousands of people in the auditorium, we wanted to bless you. At the end of the service, they'll say, we wanted to bless you today. As if the rest of the service wasn't a blessing. We wanted to bless you. You weren't blessed by my sermon. But now I want to bless you. <laughs> and so you know what they say? When you go out of the room, there's ice cream trucks. Please take as much ice cream as you want. That would be nice, right? If we had ice cream trucks here today. But what you're getting in the Word is much more important than ice cream. And I like ice cream. But the Word is, is, is so much more important. The, 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 the less we're able to flow like Jesus in the ministry, even just in giving words of life. I'm not just talking about power, but words of life. If, those, if it's just boring message which has no life in it, what's going to happen? We're going to need to bring some ice cream trucks. We're going to need to, to, to have some kind of entertainment because the word isn't enough. The ministry isn't enough. And that, that's what I believe it's also what that's talking about. Look at Jeremiah 17 verse 13. 17.13, it says, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who turn away from you will be disgraced. They will be buried in the dust of the earth, for they have abandoned the Lord, the fountain of living water. When you receive the fountain of living water, Jesus, you become a fountain of living water. That's, that becomes your purpose now. You are a fountain. But you've got to see the source is Jesus. Amen? And then you receive that source. Look at John chapter 4, verse 13 to 14. John 4, verse 13 to 14. Jesus answered, If you drink from Jacob, this is a passion. If you drink from Jacob's well, you will be thirsty again and again. <clears throat> Let me paraphrase. If you drink from an entertaining ministry, you'll be thirsty again and again and again. 
<laughs> if you drink from, from uh, just the, 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 the worship music is so nice and whatever, you'll be thirsty again. If you're waiting for the ice cream truck, you'll be thirsty again. If that's your purpose then the, for, for coming and for getting into the Word and for being part of church, because you don't know what the pastor is going to pull out of his sleeve. Because the Word wasn't enough, so he had to become a magician. And now he's got all these tricks that he just pulls out. Do you know that? Yeah. It's like, I mean, imagine. Imagine Pastor Isaac introduced me as Prophet Shane. <laughs> <laughs> On our first trip to, to, to Zimbabwe, we met one of your distinguished... <laughs> exting you should be extinguished. Prophets, we met him. We had dinner with him. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. He was still uh, almost a nobody then. Now he thinks he's a somebody because he's got a proper passport. <laughs> but you know what was interesting there? He could tell us our phone number. How many of you want, want me to tell you your phone number? Because, why? Because you know your phone number. <laughs> what, tell me something helpful. <laughs> I don't need you to tell me my phone number. I want you to tell me something helpful. <laughs> you tell me something life-giving. My phone number is not life-giving. I'm going to change it. I can change my phone number. Don't, don't tell me what my house looks like. You know, I, I watched the one. It's like I see a red house with a number 13 on it. Yes, that's my house. Oh, you are truly a man of God. You are a prophet. And then he moves on to the next one. And I'm like, was that ministry? Was that life-giving? It was entertaining. Yeah. But you can, you can go to someone with a crystal ball and they, they call themselves a witch and they can tell you some stuff too. You don't need that in church. You can drink from Del, uh, Jacob's well and be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and they will forever be satisfied. There's a dissatisfaction in religion and in the world. And they are looking to be satisfied. And when we come to Jesus and we drink, we are now satisfied. We are full. And the purpose then is for overflowing. Okay? For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. If I've got... Let me, let, me, let me do this like this. It's not, a, it's not a good picture. And it's just water, so don't panic. <laughs> this, is, this is, if this looks like Jesus, okay, now but pretend it never ends. And this is you, you, you you're, you're partially empty. Okay? The, 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 the gushing force. Think about gushing force. Many of us think of this. Ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I've got my trickle. And every week I come and it's like, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> it, it's not like that. We, we, you know, we, we must look at it like this. It's just, it's gushing. It's just gushing. And then it just doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. We, we, we must see that it's, it, it, it's something that doesn't stop. It, it's endless. It keeps going. Gushing forth. We see ourselves as, oh, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Obviously, we think money and we're wrong, but we're not thinking money. We're thinking Holy Spirit now. And we're thinking, wow, I've, I'm blessed. I've got the Spirit of God now in me, so I'm going to bless people. 
And we, we, we do it like a little drip here and a little drop there and a trickle there. And God wants you to be gushing forth. Gushing forth. Not just trickling forth. You know, the, 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 the Greek verb for springing up is never used for inanimate objects. It's not, it's not, used, it's, it's, it's not really talking about water. It's talking about Holy Spirit. It's used for living things. So the idea of gushing forth is leaping up, jumping up. It's, 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 it's the Holy Spirit's like in you, waiting. Waiting for you just to let Him out. Let Him out. John 7. We have to go there. 37 to 39 from the Passion. The, on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, all of you thirsty ones, come to me. Come and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out within you. Burst out. Burst out. What does burst out look, look like? What does burst out look like? Like this. Look, 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 look. <laughs> That's holy water that you were avoiding. <laughs> Burst forth. I mean, imagine you're walking down the street and suddenly you burst onto someone. Most of us walk down the street. <laughs> but we're not bursting forth with life. I'm making a mess this morning. <laughs> we'll burst out from within you, flowing from your most inner being. Just like the scripture says, Jesus isn't talking about just receiving something. He's talking about being a blessing. Receiving something to be able to give something. Okay? But the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in all his splendor. I, I, yeah, I studied that out of it and I enjoyed this. Each day during the Feast of Tabernacles, Water in a gold vessel was ceremonially carried out in the procession <clears throat> to the pool of Siloam, to the temple. And this water was then poured out in front of the altar of burnt offerings. And Isaiah 13 verse 3 was recited, With joy you will drink water from the wells of salvation. Then trumpets would sound, and special psalms were sung, and people would give thanks for the rain. And it reminded people uh, of the rain that God had sent them in the time of Moses. It also looked forward to the day when abundant living water would flow from the temple in the Messianic kingdom. Okay? And then on the last day of the feast, there was a special closing ceremony where even more water was poured out in the temple. All of this symbolism to point to something, to the Spirit. Okay, and many scholars believe that Jesus made his proclamation about the living water as this water was being poured in front of the altar. He was showing that the shadows are going to be fulfilled. And how? On the, on the last day, the most important day of the festival, Jesus stood up and cried, If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And what, what do most people do with church and Christianity? They come and they drink, and they drink, and they drink. Well, they think they're drinking, but they're not really drinking most of the time. But look, he doesn't just say, come to me and drink. He says, come to me and drink. And then the one who believes, like the scripture said, that he will have streams of living water flowing from within. The purpose of drinking is to flow, overflow. Okay? You, could, you can see that in, um, 
John chapter 10, verse 10. I don't know if you've seen it in the Passion. The Passion puts it the best. Because we look at that, <laughs> and it says, um, I've come that they may have life and life abundantly. The, the uh, Amplified Classics will, 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 will add to that and say, uh, will enhance that and say, life to the abundance to the full until it overflows, something like that. And that sounds good. And you've got ministries which will take that as their motto, you know. We want to, to help you to live the abundant life. And then what do they mean by that? Money, money, money. They're talking about money, but it's not talking about money. The passion says uh, 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 that, that he came to give us life abundant until you overflow. God's purpose for salvation is you overflowing. You gushing forth. You bursting. Why? Because people out there are thirsty. And God is eager to, 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 to have that relationship with them. So that they would be fountains of living water out there. Through Christ, we are the living wells of salvation. We are containers bringing water of life to other people. You've got to see yourself like that. I'm not just a, a leaky vessel or a... a, 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 a I'm, just, I'm not just a church attendant. I'm not just a member of a church. I'm a, I'm a fountain. And I burst from time to time. <laughs> we should be bursting all the time. But you know what I mean. So with this, you know, if, if you're wanting to flow and be a fountain, what do you need to do? What did Jesus say then in John chapter 7? We need to drink. So you know what this is? This is a drinking meeting. <laughs> this is a, they're not drunk as you suppose. This is a drinking meeting where when we leave here, we should be so intoxicated with the Spirit of God that people go, where were you? It's, 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 it's only midday. <laughs> like, where did, you, you went to church. Okay, I, I, I believe you. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I, I mean, you get some weird people with this as well, but I'm not talking about the weird stuff. But like, you know, in... Just receiving from the Spirit of God who, who's inside of us should make us happy. Happy. You know, I, was, I remember sitting with a, a bunch of friends after church once and, and we, were, we were drinking water and, and uh, we were eating something and the waiter came over to us eventually and said, I've had other guests ask what you are drinking. <laughs> And I wanted to find out if you've got anything else because I gave you water. We're like, no, 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 we're just happy. It's Jesus. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? We believe you. You know, they, they, <laughs> I don't know if I should go there, but I'm going to go there. There's no high like the most high. <laughs> we should be drinking from the most high to the degree that we, 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 the, the, the world looks at us and goes wow what level are you living on you know there's no high like the most high you, we, you, you can go in many different directions with that one but what are you doing with what you can drink here this is my challenge to you you've got to drink and you've got to keep drinking and you've got to allow the Spirit of God to flow. Allow the Spirit of God to flow. 
Okay, but then the other, the other aspect of it is, is in allowing Him to flow and, and developing what we're consuming and receiving. Like, what are we doing with the word we're receiving? What are we doing with the word that we're receiving? We are receiving good word here. You receive good word, three meals a week. <laughs> you, what are you doing with it? Are you consuming it? And then what are you doing with it? Okay, go to James chapter 2. I taught this, we, we, we recently finished a school uh, online, School of the Believer, which we run online once a week on a Saturday morning early, because I know nobody's busy on a, early on a Saturday morning. <laughs> so I have it early on a Saturday morning online, because I know that they can, uh, they can spare the time. Then they can stay in their pajamas if they want, and that's fine. But I, I recently, one of the sessions I taught there was um, on how to, how did I term it? Um, how to be deceived by the devil. And I also said that the subtitle to this is How to Please the Devil. Straight away I had someone messaging me, I don't like that title, I don't think you should change, yeah, I think you should change that. And I ignored them, because I was like, I want to teach you how to, how to, to, to please the devil. <laughs> James chapter 2 verse 7 from the Passion. So then faith that doesn't involve action is phony. Faith without action is dead. Faith without action is phony. Phony or fruitless. Faith without action is fruitless. Okay? Great teaching with no result is phony. Fruitless. What, did you, what do you do with the word that you hear? We need to stop being spiritually constipated. We need to stop being spiritual fat cats and we need to start exercising. Look at James chapter 1 verse 22. New Living Translation. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. So, deception comes when we just listen. Deception comes when we just listen. I think that the devil loves what goes on in a lot of churches. And I'm not talking about the, the crazy churches. I'm talking about even some nice churches. Because you have hundreds and thousands sometimes and just a group of believers coming together. He would even love it here if you guys are just coming to receive the word. And that's it. The devil loves that. That's how to please the devil. Is just listen to good teaching. But don't let it do anything in your life. That's, that's how we can allow deception in our lives. It's just listening. Listening to teaching. Those, I'm sure you have the same problem, Pastor Isaac, is, is, is when, when someone's got a challenge and we're needing to counsel them and walk with them a little bit. Often, what I do is I'm like, uh, first, first thing, what teachings are you listening to? And now that I'm listening to this teaching, I'm listening to that teaching, I'm like, stop it, all of it. Stop. <laughs> Don't listen to anyone. Just, let's just get into the Word together. Because now you are, are mixing your diet and whatever I'm going to say is not helpful. Anyway, if, verse 23, if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't, get, uh, uh, and, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Point I want to make there. There's so much depth that we can get into there. But I just want to kind of skim the surface with that and say, it's, 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 we, it's not enough just to listen to good teaching. You know, often we, we, we get into this position where we're not seeing the word 
often work like we know it should. We've been in situations like that. You're not seeing the results that you desire or that you know you should see. And often it's because our hearts are hardened to the truth. Why? Because we often will listen, listen, listen and not do anything. We're not living the Word. We're just attending and listening and attending and consuming and we're not doing anything with it. You know, one of the things that you can do, one of the, the, the ways that you can do something with the Word is, is when you've taken your notes and you leave here, you can go and you can think a bit. You can go and meditate on what you're learning. You can go and you can say, oh, wow, this is powerful stuff. Let me, and you can just think about it a bit and then you know what you must do, is you must ask yourself a few questions. How does, like, ask, I always ask in, in our Bible studies and things, question number one, what stands out for me from this word? What stands out for me from this word that I've just heard? Then you ask, what, how does this uh, uh, word, uh, um, uh, uh, what does it speak to my relationship with God? Like, how, how does it influence my relationship with God? How does it influence my relationship with other people? And then here's a big one. What course corrections do I need to make in line with this word? What course corrections do I need to make? How do I need to just correct my life or just go in a better direction? Because we deceive ourselves and we please the devil if we listen to good word and we don't respond. We need to be responding to the word. Father, how can I adjust myself here in my thinking and in my actions? We're not being legalistic. We're just saying, how can we adjust to the word that's been received? Okay? I, the salvation is a call to drink. Drink so that I can gush forth. Father, how can I drink more? How can I ex experience more? And maybe it'll be a different application for each person. Father, how can I uh, gush forth more? How can I be a blessing to the people that I come into contact with? How can I impact those people around me? Because, you know, often what we do as believers is we think of streams of living water in a selfish way. I'm depressed. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling good again. Hallelujah. And that's what we use the Holy Spirit for. And praise God, we've got that. Because God doesn't want us to be depressed. And so we've got a, a wellspring of living water that we can drink from. But hey, it's not for you only. Water doesn't stay in the bottle if it's a, a, a fountain. Amen? A fountain, the water doesn't stay in the container. It, it affects the people around us. Like this, watch. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you know? The, the, the <laughs> We've got to see that we are here to impact the lives of people around us. For God so loved Harare, He put you here. He sent you. For God so loved the world, He sent us. Well, how do we know that? Jesus said, Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, so send I you. So Jesus came to be, the, he, he is the, the wellspring of life. And when we come to drink from Him, now we are the wellspring of life. And when people come into contact with us, they should experience life. What is that that, that the Gushing Force is talking about? It's talking about the abilities of the Spirit, which I know that you're learning about. 
the abilities, how to operate in the, the, the nature and the ability of Christ in you. It, 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 it's very easy to go to the shop and to come out of the shop and go home. But it, 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 it takes a bit of intentionality. It takes a bit of purpose. It takes a focus to be able to go to the shop and be conscious and aware of the Spirit of God that's living in you and go, Father, who can I gush onto today? <laughs> who, who, who can I impact today? And then you, you, you're fixed on someone. And, 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 and you, hello, how are you doing today? We, we kind of don't want to take that step. Because we think, ah, oh, I must come in and go, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> no, 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 you don't have to do that. You can be normal. And you can just say, good day, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, blah, blah, blah. and then maybe they already expose themselves. I'm not doing so good today. Ah, oh, what's wrong? And then they start telling you, and you can say, you know what? And you can start encouraging them with the word. Encouraging them with truth. But you know what the worst thing that you can do? Is encourage them and leave them to go to hell. Because often we get into that mindset with the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to go and give someone a word of encouragement or a word of knowledge or, or whatever. And you go into, the, into there and you just you, you encourage them. You know what you, you should be doing? You mustn't just encourage them and leave them there. You mustn't just go and heal them because you have a word of knowledge. Don't just go and heal them and leave them there. You need to encourage the hell out of them. Literally. <laughs> you need to encourage them in salvation. You need to share the gospel with them. Use the, 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 the word of knowledge or the, the whatever, the, 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 the discouraging circumstances. Use that as a means to the end. Use that as a bridge to get salvation to them. To, to, to draw them in. But imagine if, however many people we are here today, imagine if we all went and we did that. We gushed forth after church on Sunday somewhere. Monday morning we woke up and went to work and we gushed forth somewhere. Tuesday, we gushed forth somewhere. Wednesday, we gushed forth somewhere. And then we came together on Wednesday night and we, 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 we were uh, uh, drinking together and, and enjoying the, 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 the buffet here. And, and then we went out and we gushed forth some more. This is how we change the world. But we need to be drinking. You know, you, you, you should never be thirsty as a believer. You're never thirsty. But we must never stop drinking. That, he's always inside of us. He never leaves us. But how do we drink? Well, it's be, we need to consciously be aware of who is inside of us and be aware of it. You know, we went on a long drive recently. My, uh, my, my wife's uh, stepfather uh, uh, wanted us to go and see his farm, uh, which is 10 hours away. And uh, so we took a few days and we, 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 it was a very busy time of the, of, 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 um, the month and lots of uh, problems that we were dealing with. So we said, let's go. <laughs> so we went and we went to the middle of nowhere in, in South Africa. <clears throat> and you know what? I, I, I tried doing this whilst it was quiet in the car and while we were driving. And I was constantly like purposefully thinking. I was praying in the spirit quietly from time to time, but I was also reminding myself. And thanking God that I'm one with you. Thank you, God, that you're here with me. Thank you, Father, that I was just becoming aware of His presence. 
Not just once off, now and then when I need it. But I was, for the whole time, and, I've, and, and, and we should always be doing that, but we get distracted with the busyness of life. Reminding ourselves while we're doing some accounts or while we're doing our business, we can, we can just subconsciously be, be reminding ourselves, thank you, Father, that you're a wellspring of life inside of me. And that when I come into contact with people who don't have you, I can, can refresh them eternally. Because of the ability that is inside of me. Thank you that I'm one with the healer. Not only for my sake, but for those that I come into contact with. Thank you that I'm one with love. I am, you know, think, think about that for a moment. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Christians need to, to, to know this more and more. Because we want to, a lot of people want to heal the sick, but they don't want to love people. Love is, is, is often the, the thing that's more needed than a healing. It's true. Because love will cause you to, to yes, to, to, to minister healing. But love will cause, cause a, a, a big change when people see love in action. So, God is love. God is love. Some of you weren't convinced of that. God is love. Okay? 1 John 5, verse 1. I am born of God, which means I'm born of love, which means I'm not trying to love, I am love. You need to allow yourself to become love. How do you become love? The same principle of drinking and, and, and then being a fountain, gushing forth. We, we, we feast on His love. We take time to focus on His love, to receive His love, to be refreshed in His love. And then what? Love will overflow. You're struggling to forgive someone. Somebody here. You're struggling to forgive someone. Don't put up your hand. You're struggling to forgive someone. They've hurt you. They've, they've stolen from you. They've, they've, they've caused a problem in your life. And it's bad. You were wrong. It's, that you are 100% justified in your unforgiveness. But the way to deal with that is by focusing in on the love of God for you. And on the love of God for that other person. And then what happens is the love will impact you and you will start to flow in love. You won't, if, if, you, if you're receiving the love of God, you can't not operate in love. If you are flowing, if you're drinking from the Spirit and you're receiving the Spirit, you can't not flow in the Spirit. It has to, it has to, it, it, it propels you forward, right? Amen. You know, the, one thing I felt before we, before we, 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 we hand over to your pastor, I felt like um, there were some people here, you, you, you're, it's like you're at a crossroads. This is my opportunity just to gush forth a little bit. <laughs> I feel like you're at a crossroads and there's some major decisions to make. There's some major decisions that you're needing to make. Okay, and it's not like uh, uh, I need to decide what are we going to eat for lunch? Is it chicken or is it beef? I'm not talking about decisions like that. I'm talking about major life decisions. <coughs> am I immigrating or am I staying? Am I am I changing my career or am I not? Major decisions that would, would change everything. If that's you, just stand up and want to pray for you. Not everybody that's standing is standing for immigration, by the way. <laughs> that was my example. You know, one of the things... Yo, Father, I just thank you right now for, for, for your spirit just to flow 
In the name of Jesus, I believe that as you're praying in the Spirit now, even you are going to get the answer for your situation. But I, I have this picture, and this, the, the, this might be for the majority of you, but it's definitely for some of you. It's like, what happens when you cross a street? You're about to cross a street, what do you do? You look left and you look right. Okay? And you should look left again or right again. Look, look both ways twice. It's, it's safe. You know? What, what's the worst thing that you can do? Is just try and cross the street? Or just look one way? Why? Because you'll get knocked over. And I felt like the Spirit of God was saying that some of you, you you're looking the one way and you're trying to cross the street. But you're not looking the other way. And what that means is that you're looking to uh, uh, the wisdom of man, which is necessary for your situation. You need to think about it, and you need to look at the options, and you need to consider what's happening. But you're not looking to the Spirit of God. You might be praying about it, but you're not listening about it. You're not looking, you're looking just to the right, and now you're about to step out, and something's going to knock you out if you're not careful. So what you need to do is you need to consider the natural, and you need to be praying in the Spirit, drawing from His wisdom, and going, Father, I thank You that You show me what I need to do. Because you know what might happen? You're only looking to the right, and now you look to the left, and there's a bridge. There's an easier way for you to cross the street. That is right here. But you didn't look, so you didn't see. So Father, I pray that for whoever that is, that they would not just lean on their own understanding, but they would acknowledge you receive from your spirit the wisdom that is necessary, and they would go in that direction. That they would see the way that you have made for them in their circumstance, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I feel like the, the Spirit of God is saying, you know, you, 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 you also have brothers and sisters in Christ from where you can draw wisdom for the situation. Don't be so proud that you don't Ask someone to pray with you. That you don't go to your pastor or to your brother or your sister in Christ and say, listen, please pray with me about a decision I need to make. Because maybe God will put it on their heart and show you, show, show them what's necessary for your situation. And this, 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 this I'm not talking about in any situation like a, I'm trying to decide if I should leave my husband or my wife. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about that. We're talking about decisions in the sense of direction. The decision of should I leave them or not is an easy one. If you don't know the answer, then your pastor has the answer for you. <laughs> Father, I thank you right now for your wisdom just to flow in this place as we pray in the Spirit and as we just unleash the mind of Christ within us. Thank you, Father. 
If you are sitting here and just pray in the Spirit and, and see who's standing, and maybe God will put a word on your heart for one of them. Maybe God will speak to you and just say, hey, I want you, encourage, you to encourage them with this or with that word or with this, this verse or whatever. Minister to, to, to each other. But keep the word for after the service, not now. So afterwards, be free, be free to just say, hey, I was praying for you and I felt X, Y, and Z. Let's all just stand up together if you can. I just feel this isn't a, this word I specifically feel is not for you to respond to. So if this is you, and if I'm describing you right now, please don't raise your hand or something, because I don't want to expose you. But I really feel like there's someone here that you are trying to hide a broken heart. You are trying to hide a disappointment that you have. And you've dressed it up nicely, but it's like dressing up a corpse. You can't hide the fact that it's a corpse. You can't hide the fact that there's a disappointment. And this, people look at you and they think you're fine, but you know that there's this deep-rooted disappointment that is crippling you. And I just want to say, be free now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be free from that disappointment. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Your hope was in the wrong place. That's why your heart got sick. You were focused on the wrong thing. You were believing for the wrong thing. It was a good thing. But it was, a, it, it was in the wrong direction. God never fails. He never disappoints. If we're experiencing disappointment or failure, it's be, most times it's just because we, we were aiming at the wrong thing. We had a misunderstanding. It's okay. Move on. Let it go. Move it on. If that's you, just let it go. Lay it down. Move on. God wants you to be free. The way to, to receiving the healing from that disappointment right now is drink of the Spirit. Focus on the Spirit of God in you. Drink right now. Believe. Receive. Just acknowledge. Thank you, Father. I'm one with you. Thank you, Father. Your Spirit is alive in me. Thank you, Father. I'm drinking from you. I'm living in union with you. And that's refreshing me. It's restoring me so that I can gush forth from a place of health and wholeness in the name of Jesus. Turn your focus off of the disappointment and turn your focus onto the, the Jesus, the lover of your soul. Jesus, the one who lives in you, the one who is one with you, the one who never leaves you, never forsakes you. is just saying to you he's just showing me that there's a darkness that is trying to overcome you I just feel like God is showing me that there's a darkness that's trying to overcome you in different ways in your life does that sound right to you it's, does it seem like if you look in your life like it seems like the, 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 the enemy is trying to do something 
And I just feel like God's just inviting you and saying, hey, I'm bigger than the devil. <laughs> and if, if, if he's living in you, if you're born again, if you've received the Spirit of God and he's living in you, you're bigger than the devil. You're bigger than any plan of the devil for your life. The plan of God on your life is bigger than whatever the enemy has in store for you. Father, I just pray right now that whatever is coming against this man, that he would see himself as a victor in Christ. And he would rise up above it and not allow the enemy any foothold in his life. Your answer is, 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 is if you haven't received Christ, have you received Christ? You're a Christian. Yes, yeah, you should. <laughs> you're sure. Your answer is, is you need to know who you are. You need to be established in the truth of the word. You need to be uh, uh, devouring the teaching that's being given here. You need to be digging in and, and consuming and drinking and drinking and allowing it to impact our, your heart. All of us, we need to be doing this. Allowing the teaching to impact our hearts and change us. You need to allow the teaching to change you because God's got plans that are bigger for you than what you think. It's bigger than money. It's bigger than making it through the life, this life. There's people that He wants you to impact and there's people that He wants you to, to come into contact with and, and uh, uh, their life will change radically because they've met you. He wants you to be contagious with Him. He wants you to gush forth like that water that, that came out the bottle. But it needs to start from a place of receiving. For all of us, it needs to start from a place of receiving. And if, as you receive and as you consume... The Spirit of God, for all of us, the darkness doesn't, doesn't hang around. So don't be worried about what the devil is doing. Focus on who's living inside of you, the greater one. You know that God is closer than the breath that you're breathing. God is closer to you than your skin. God is closer than you think. He's not near us. He's not with us. We are one with Him. Completely one. One with Him. That's why in Him we live and move and have our being. Refreshing comes from knowing that. Because you're not trying to do this life alone. You're not trying to do this life alone. You might be alone in the natural, but you're not alone. God is with you. Nelia? It's good to see you. I believe the Lord is one thing to encourage you as well, that you're not alone. You've got your family and you've got people around you, but you've got Him. And I just feel like God's just saying, hey, you know that you can tap into me anytime. That you know you can tap into the power and the wisdom inside of you. God hasn't called you to be a 2IC. God hasn't called you to be second. God hasn't called you to, 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 to just be supporting others around you. He's, called, he's calling people around you to support you in the ministering to the people that, that you're coming into contact with. You know, you, 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 you're satisfied with playing second fiddle. You're, you're satisfied with just being part of something. And it's good. I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about other, other things that maybe you're involved in. But God is saying, hey, I, I want you to, to step out and more influence in those places. Be more vocal. He's one, because you're carrying a, some hope and a message of hope and life in you that's going to transform people's destinies. Father, I just thank you for, for Nelly as she, she steps out now more. She steps into this flow of the gushing forth that she's going to see people's lights switched on. She's going to see miracles gushing forth, Father. 
Thank you that you are looking after her, Father. Thank you that, that you are, are leading and guiding her. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there somebody here you're really trying to leave the country? I, I, I just felt like I saw an airplane and someone's like, you're just wanting to get on an airplane as soon as you can and go somewhere else. Maybe you don't want to own up to it now. But if that's you, I just felt like God saying, it, it, it's, not, it's not your time yet. Because you need to, the reason you're here today is because you need to, you need to receive something that this ministry has got before you can go anywhere. If you persist, you will go. If you persist in, in, in wanting to go, you will go, but it will be premature. Whilst you are here, you're in a good place and space. Keep receiving. You, you might not have everything that you desire right now in the natural. But what you receive here will be worth it. And then as you go, you're going on a mission. As you go, you're going with the gospel. You're going equipped and ready to be able to gush forth in different places. But you need to drink some more here. You need to drink some more. For all of us, we all need to drink some more. We need to feast more on Jesus and allow Him to impact us and transform us. Amen? Amen. So let's just pray in the Spirit together for a, a few moments. And just allow the Spirit of God to refresh and to restore and to well up within us. Ha, ba ra ba se she te 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 ti a ma shanda la la ba so.